Thank you for listening to this DuPont Media production, available on all major podcast platforms. This is Rod Peterson On Demand. No! It's not completely unbelievable to think that Mike Babcock would think about that Huskies job. How about that? I don't think it was completely ludicrous that Babcock's name would come up. So I texted some people close to Babcock and very quickly got a, no way. And then people were laughing at me. I'm okay with being laughed at. I'm okay with going out on a limb. Believe me, I made a career out of it. But in this case, I don't think I necessarily deserve to be because it's not inconceivable. This is the Rod Peterson Show. It is. December the 8th was when that little uh, Babcock comment was made by yours truly. And here we are. Uh, Today, Mike Babcock is the head coach of the University of Saskatchewan Huskies. Welcome to the second half kickoff. It is a feature so named by Darren Moose DuPont, my uh, co-host here today, Moose, where we're not going to spend as much time in the Quick 6 show topics as we did last hour because we are cooking with gas here as we roll into Hour 2 on Game Plus Television and YouTube Facebook Live. I will tell you that we had Amber Belkin with us last hour, NASCAR race driver. She's an original Winnipegger. She lives in North Carolina now with her fiancé, Jordan Reeves, who's a defensive lineman for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. It was a great chat. You're going to want to go back and uh, watch that. And Zig Fracassi coming up this hour from Sirius XM NFL Radio in New York. And Nathan Struby, the head coach of the under-13 Regina Rebels hockey team, later on in the show as they uh, try to win the Chevy Good Deeds Cup and beg for your votes. Before we do jump into what we got going on, let's just re-up the quick six, please, Director Jordan. Please and thank you. Uh, Mike Babcock, it was broken down on Saturday, is the new head coach of the University of Saskatchewan Huskies. Darren Dreger broke the story. The Huskies confirmed it an hour or two later. They were hoping to make the announcement tomorrow, but you can't keep something like this secret. Point two was weekend NHL leftovers, and that really popped a Pandora's box of viewer comments, didn't it? Oh, yeah. On the, the Lake Tahoe games were not necessarily a win by the NHL in terms of the lighting and the ice was bad, but hey, the pictures were great. And then a lot of talk about the Scotia North Division. Point three, Scotty's talk. Today's day three. Day four, actually, the Scotty's going on in Calgary. Point four, the fan-controlled football league. Now, we're not going to spend a lot of time on analyzing week two, but I will tell you this. I've had people ask me, what's this fan-controlled league all about that you're talking about? It's the Arena League meets the WWE. (laughs) If that sounds like something you'd be into, then you should watch it because I've been watching it and enjoying it. Point six, the Raptors are on fire. If you can believe, they've won 16 consecutive games without Kyle Lowry. He hasn't missed their total last 16 games. Right. But the last 16 he's missed, they've won them all. Defies description. I know. And point six, the Alberta Junior Hockey League is coming back to play in three team bubbles. And maybe that's what we should face off on later, Dupes, for the ultimate fan zone of Mad Greek, because I think it's good. You don't think it's that good. And I'm thinking anything that allows them to play is great. My main thing with Babcock, you heard the thing at the start. The second that job came open with Adolph, I didn't think, resigning at the U of S, I didn't think Babcock would be interested. But people in Saskatoon were starting to talk about it. So I put some feelers out there. And like Babcock's very best friend is a close friend of mine. And so I've been going back and forth with him on all this. And he's like, Babs wasn't interested. In December, he wasn't interested. Now he is. 
I don't really know what changed. We'll find out from Mike Babcock when he starts doing interviews, and I think he's coming on this show on Wednesday. But that very same friend of Babs, Darren, said to me Saturday, Babs is making a statement with this. Yeah. And I didn't ask what that statement is, but my guess is that Mike Babcock is saying, I don't need the NHL. That would be the one and only thing that I could think that this statement is. What do you think it is if it's not that? Yeah, it's that, and it's, you know what? Coaches want to coach, right? He wants to coach. And look at, he's making money. He's staying in hockey and thinking, look at, I'm going to go back and help out the program and get back behind the bench because I just want to be behind the bench and I miss it. We talked about that a lot, right? Coaches want to coach. He wants to be on the bench. And it does show that, look at, I'm making money. I don't need to be in the NHL. I'll go do this because I want to do this. And then when a job opens up, I'll be ready to go back. And they'll take them, too. I, but I think that's where I got so upset one hour ago with the ignorant and the <clears throat> obtuse. Unless you've been in his shoes, you don't understand. I've, I've been in Mike Babcock's shoes, so I totally get where he's coming from. My job was not a head coach of the National Hockey League, but I had a very high-profile job in the Canadian Football League. And when you step out of that, Babs has gone through all the same things, and he will talk about it when he comes on this show this week. He's enjoyed the family time. The people that are in the machine, they don't even know they're in the machine until you get out of the machine. Yes. Right? He's enjoyed the family time. The <sighs> When I left that last job, I got a text from a former CFL GM who I didn't even think liked me. He goes, you may think you're down now. Just wait. You're going to like this. And within weeks, I'm like, he's right. And I could call the shots, and I didn't need the money. Then I started doing the Junior A things and the Triple A midget things because it was fun. And that's exactly why Babcock's doing it. And if you end up back on that big stage one day, great. If you don't, that's great too. That's where I think Mike Babcock is. And as I tried to say last hour, but I got rudely interrupted by a rude text, Babcock doesn't want his lasting image in the National Hockey League to be walking off the bench in disgrace in Toronto when having all of, or a bunch of his former players trampled all over him. He doesn't want that to be his lasting legacy. Who would want it to be? And I've known CFL coaches that have said to me, that have gone back coaching even though they didn't need to, and I've said, why are you going back coaching? Because I don't want to be being fired by that idiot to be my legacy. That's what they've said to me. So that's where Babcock's coming from, okay? Are you understanding that? And this is the kind of talk that I was hoping that I would get on Hockey Night in Canada Saturday night. This is as much to me something to two things. One, I can't believe there's a backlash against Babcock being hired at the U of S. There's nothing wrong if you don't agree with it. I'm just shocked that as many people don't. People are telling me that Saskatoon is split over this, and I can't figure out why, but that's fine. What did I say last week? I've stopped arguing with people. Just let them be wrong. The other thing is Hockey Night in Canada. Are my expectations too high? You made a comment earlier that I'm not going to speak for you. I'll ask you to say it if you want. But Hockey Night in Canada is not what I expect Hockey Night in Canada to be. And I know that them going into their Saturday night, when they get a bomb dropped in their lap, like Mike Babcock being hired at the U of S, they're not going to deviate from everything else that they were ready to talk about all night. I tune into that first intermission, and they're breaking down the first period between who was playing. Leafs and Habs, I can't even remember. I'm thinking, I just watched the damn period. I don't need to see all the highlights from you people. 
I'm wanting analysis on the biggest name in hockey being hired at the university level, and I'm not getting it, so I was left wanting. There's a lot to chew on. Over to you. A lot to chew on. It's funny, you know, and we will get to that point, too. Um, You have to be able to pivot and change direction. You know, I love having a plan. Yeah. But I hate sticking to the plan just because you made a plan. Yep. Right? You have to be able the plans are only there as a guideline, you know. Same with this show, right? If something dropped this morning and it was big news in Canadian sports, you know, sorry Amber, sorry Zig, sorry Nathan, we might have to move you to another day yeah. because we got other things to talk about and that's just not that interesting today. Doesn't mean we're not going to mention it. You know, I would have assumed, or, you know, on the Hockey Night thing, I thought they did a good job when they did talk about it. I liked the Dave Adolf comments. I thought Ron was great. Um, but I, I would have thought they would have talked about it. And then Elliot would have had the inside scoop of, you know, Babcock's interviewed for this job and this job. He's got an, inv- you know, this is what he's thinking. Here. This is why he's taking it. Here's who, where the next opening might be Examining for him. Examining it from all sides. Typically, you know, and that's unfortunate. It, for me, Hockey Night in Canada has lost a little bit of what makes it special. You know, the separation, the elevation. You know, it was the Stanley Cup final once a week, one night a week. And that's maybe a credit to the rest of the games have upped their game. They brought the broadcast level up. But the idea is that Hockey Night is supposed to be the night. And it's just another one of the nights. It's, it's just, not special I, anymore. It's just another night of good hockey and good hockey broadcasts, but it's not special. And unfortunately, in today's world, you need to be special. I'm and, opening up the Prairie Mobile text line right now, 306-840-8777. Prairie Mobile is your authorized SAS Mobility dealer. From Jamie in Halifax, not sure if recruiting has been hard on university sport coaches because of COVID, but Trevor Steinberg here in Halifax from SMU Hockey stepped down as coach as well. USASC Hockey is among the top eight every year during U-Cup championships. What a true gentleman and a fine head coach. Wish him all the best. From Metal Shingle Guy, what do you think about the plethora of quarterbacks the Riders have? I sure hope Harker has given a fair shot to be the guy. Franklin has had his time in the sun. Move on. Metal shingle guy? There's only one ball. Okay? That's what I think about the Riders' six quarterbacks. There's only one ball. From the 2-3-1, Philly has six COVID cases. Regular game would have been canceled. What the hell is he talking about? Who's got six COVID cases? The Flyers? What? Chris Bird in Toronto says it's pretty clear Hockey Night in Canada is just a mouthpiece for the National Hockey League. He might have just dawned on something there. Yeah. But Stephen in North Dakota says Hockey Night in Toronto. Look, it's still Mike Babcock. It's still Babs. Y'all were fascinated by him a year ago. I know. And now you're not? That's all. The, the making- I'm not saying I'm right here, but it's my show. The making your own decisions thing, like freelancing is tough. You know, you have to be able to make it financially and it's hard to piece that together. But when you can, life becomes so much better and it's about happiness, right? When nobody, when your fate isn't up to somebody else, you know, you're living job to job waiting for somebody else to give you an opportunity and you can choose what you want to do and how you want to spend your time. It is the greatest thing in the world. And on that text, yeah, this elevates the Huskies. They've always been a top program, but now the, the three are clear. I mean, it's Alberta, it's UNB, and it's the U of S as the top three in the country. 
And I think that this kind of solidifies that, and it's wild. It raises the profile of U Sports Hockey. It's a win-win for everybody. I don't get the backlash. Can you guys put up the comment from Janelle regarding the split over Babcock's hiring in Saskatoon? I, I, I'm just shocked. She says, the people who are against it don't know anything about hockey anyway. Truly, the comments I've seen have come from people who couldn't name a player from the last 10 years. Ding, 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 ding. Janelle knows her stuff. Oh, yeah. So why do we get so worked up? Why do I spend so much time on it? See, you don't need an IQ test to get a Twitter account. Again, I said it last hour, but I mean, this is a whole new, well, a whole new episode on the podcast and everything else, depending on how you're consuming it. But I mean, I trust the University of Saskatchewan. I know the people in that building. I respect the people in that building and the institution. So if they're okay hiring Mike Babcock, I'm okay with the move, right? If they've done their due diligence and they know the man that he is today, not necessarily the man he was, but the man he is today, and they're comfortable putting him in that spot, then I'm comfortable supporting it, Mm -hmm. you know, with my full support. And the comments I see online... You know, I feel so bad for the kids. Parents aren't going to want to send their kids to the U of S. Now, my Commodore was one of them. I'm sitting here being like, first of all, these are 21 and 22 year old young men. Parents aren't sending those kids anywhere to play hockey. The kids are making those decisions on their own. They are adults making the decision to go play. And we always, you know, think about ourselves and our success first, right? And if just there's a shred of hope that Mike Babcock can be your key card to the NHL. Of course you're going to take the meeting, the oh, recruiting yeah. visit, and potentially go to that school. The Capital Automall Universal Collision Center poll question today is, what are your thoughts on the Mike Babcock hiring by Husky Athletics? 79% on Twitter saying, good move. And on Facebook, Darren, what's that? 89. 89. Yeah, so it's staying pretty 89% stagnant. say good move. So, I don't know. Uh, I just got a text from a Husky board member this morning saying thanks for the defense of Mike Babcock. I think we're all a little surprised how trampled Babs has been. But you know what? Welcome to the culture that we live in right now of 2021 and cancel culture. And I might go on to say, and I'm sorry to spend so much time on this, but again, it is the Rod Peterson Show. This is what I'm passionate about right now. Mike Commodore has been trashing Mike Babcock for a couple of years now. Okay? And I've seen people dovetail off that, like uh, Brent Sopel. Close friend of ours, Saskatoon guy, was bashing Babcock. As a matter of fact, I think he said, sorry for the kids or something. But Sopel wrote on my Instagram. But since when do we need to listen to Mike Commodore? So you were mentally abused and bullied by Mike Babcock. I've been mentally abused and bullied. It's not front page news. I got over it. I survived and newsflash, I'm thriving. Like Mike Commodore, maybe you should deal with it. Not to mention Mike Babcock has apologized for, acknowledged and apologized for all of these things. He's not denying anything from what I see. And that's the whole idea of punishment and our criminal system and, you know, all of that. It's about, yes, it's happened and it's bad and we, you know, we're going to penalize you for it. But sentencing and all of those things, it's about what is the probability of, a, of repeating this offense, right? And if the Huskies have talked to him and he's grown as a man and understood, you know, the behavior that we, that we don't condone, right? And that it's not okay to treat players like that. And, you know, you've grown as a guy, then 
we should believe in a second chance. Absolutely. You know, if you've shown nothing, though, and we think you're going to keep doing it again, then there is no, no room but for a second chance. But he's not a cold-blooded serial killer. That's right. Mike Babcock is not that, and he's being portrayed to be that. And quite frankly, I, because he's been good to me, I will jump in the foxhole with you if I believe you deserve it. Because you know what? Most people will not stand by you when you're going down in flames. And it's kind of disgusting to see the way things are. And hockey seems to be the worst. I'm yeah. serious. Um, Chris Robinson says, keep in mind regarding Babcock, Sportsnet owns the rights to the CHL, but not U Sports. I'd like to think that didn't play a factor in it, Chris, but God knows. God knows with these networks anymore. Again, so they comment on it a little bit in the second intermission. If John Shannon was running the show, it would have been all night. The games would have been secondary to the coverage of Mike Babcock being hired at the U of S. Um, Glenn Elm in Florida. Babcock has been punished enough. If we stop giving second chances, we fail as a society. Well, thank you. Thank you. Do you think U of S is backing out, or not backing out of this, but regretting this decision at all? But do you think, I'll, I'll guarantee you, if I was shocked by the backlash of Babcock, they were. They were too. Of course they were. And, and you know they didn't like it because it doesn't feel good. And you start looking at the thread. If you go down that, I'm, I'm telling you, you better be in a good place to do these things. But when you click on a tweet that's got a ton of responses and you go looking through it, you better be okay with what you're going to find. And it's not good. And you know that that doesn't make them feel good. And, and the, the question probably came up, did we make the right move? Yeah. But you know what? I hope that they feel safe in it. They should feel secure in it. I think it's a good move. And I'm really excited you know, to see where the U of S goes with this. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll pause. Get your NFL questions ready. But I know this guy can talk hockey too. Zig Fracassi from Sirius XFM. Why do I keep saying that? Sirius XM NFL Radio. I listen to it every day. You think I'd be able to say it? Zig Fracassi coming out from New York City. This has been the second half kickoff, and we'll be right back. You're watching on Game Plus TV Network across all ten provinces and 31 states. Live daily on YouTube and Facebook, and listen live for Suds Full Service Car Wash at RodPeterson.com. Head to YouTube.com/slash The Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Support for the Rod Peterson Show is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Dupes, have I told you about Manscaped? (laughs) You've started to. I've had it for a week. Let me tell you, we've been doing it wrong. We have. Yeah, ask me why. Yeah, why? Because (laughs) I don't know where to start. I used to have to use two razors. Did I tell you that? I was doing an acrobatic act over the toilet and the sink. I had a big hair trimmer. I had a face shaver. None of those were made for below-the-waist grooming. That's a safety hazard. (sighs) Don't tell anybody, but I don't have to worry about it anymore because the Lawnmower 3.0 is specifically designed for men's below-the-waist grooming and... Your introductory package comes with a pair of boxer briefs, which I gave to you. Yes, not worn, I hope. (laughs) (laughs) No, I pulled them out of the package. When you order yours, you'll get a pair of underwear. This was a large, didn't fit me, so I gave them to you. You're welcome. Thank you. And it also comes with anti-chafing lotion. Where has this been all our lives? I know. So 
I used to get those nicky things. You must have too. <laughs> nick yourself. Yes. And you're bleeding. Doesn't happen because the lawnmower 3.0 comes with a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents. Man, Manscaped <laughs> calls them. So, what more do you want to know when you when you use the lawnmower 3.0? You use the anti-shaving cream. You leave the house feeling like you've just left a spa. The chafing, that's the worst, right? Rubbing between the legs. Anti-chafing lotion, 20% off with the promo code FANSIDED20. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code FANSIDED20. Oh, yeah. He's back. Time for more of the Rod Peterson Show. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back. Uh, by the way, it was a rescheduled game this morning at the uh, Scotties in the Calgary bubble. Kerry Galushu of the Territories taking on Team Canada's Kerry Einerson. It's over. Make the final. 8-4 for Team Canada's Kerry Einerson. She goes to 4-0. Galusha falls to 1-2 from the Territories. As I said, uh, get your NFL questions ready, but let's bring him in now. Zig Fricasi from Sirius XM NFL Radio. Zig, how did you know you're on a Canadian show? We're giving curling updates and talking about Mike Babcock. Ron, how could I have figured that out, my friend? You know, right? <laughs> I know. How you been? Uh, real good. Listen, you want to rub it in producer Clark's face about the Bruins? He said that you were probably going to uh, rub it in his face, his Bruins prediction going into the season. Well, if I saw Clark, I definitely would rub it in on him. But, uh, hey, they're off to a surprisingly pretty good start. I thought I thought they'd be okay, but, you know, obviously when you're replacing uh, – Zdeno Chara, Tori Krug, there's going to be, you know, a little bit of a transition, but it's been seamless for the most part. But now uh, they're taking a, a hit as far as uh, the depth on the blue line. In fact, uh, Lausanne got hurt last night. So now they're down, what is it, their top three left shooting defensemen. So you may have to, they may have to make a deal at some point, Rod, but they've been better than expected. Uh, very, very rugged East Division. There's no doubt about it. It's still kind of weird to see in, all these games being played inside of one division against the Rangers, the Capitals, and the Penguins and the like. But uh, so far, I'm very pleased with what I see. Ziggy, if I may, because uh, we do – you're a football guy, but you, you know your hockey. So what, what's the shirt you're wearing, by the way? The, the Josh, Josh Allen. Josh Allen experience. Yes. You're on the train? What's the, well, you are an upstate New York guy, but I thought you were a Cowboys guy. Oh, I am. But, you know, I also am a, the, the lead in terms of fashion – not actually uh i saw this i saw this shirt on one of these websites and of course my better half here is a diehard bills fan and she liked the mafia girl sweatshirt so then i just happened to be looking at it and there it was the josh allen experience i'm like hey this looks pretty cool i'll be the only one on my block to have one so bills <laughs> mafia they had a hell of a year this past year Oh, there's no doubt. There are a ton of Bills fans in Canada, as you know, because you take the calls. But, hey, our director of scouting, Craig Smith, is watching. Two-time Great Cup champion. He oh, says, yeah. hey, Zig. Hey, Zig. What do you think the Vikes will Craig. Yeah, he says, what do you think the Vikes will go after in the draft? Offensive line? Edge guy? What? A lot of talk about the NFL draft starting to, to pop. Yeah, I would say, Craig, probably their bigger need would be the edge. And... You know, we were talking about this on the show yesterday that it seemed like all the teams inside the NFC North 
would need edge guys. And Minnesota, obviously, you know, they had the changes on that defensive line uh, from the year before Everson Griffin left, Linval Joseph left. So the replacements were maybe adequate at best. So it wouldn't shock me if they go D-line in the draft. You know what? All the questions are coming in now, Zig. They expect you to have all the answers, okay? I'm just preparing you for that. Just call me Karnak. <laughs> exactly. Greg Clevgard <laughs> says, where is J.J. Watt going to end up? Ooh. And don't rush him, by the way. He made that abundantly clear on social media. Boy, there's a lot of good fits, Rod. Um, I could see him in Cleveland. That would be a real boost to that uh, Browns defense. I think he would be a nice fit in Indianapolis. Logic would say Pittsburgh because his brothers already play there, but the Steelers are in cap hell, although uh, Hayward redid his deal today to free up some money on uh, the cap. Uh, Bill's Mafia has been likened to J.J. Watt. So I think the answer to that is if he truly wants to win at this point, which I think he does, and he's probably made a ton of money, takes a little less to go to a contender, maybe Green Bay because that's his home state team. So one of those teams that I just outlined would probably be really good fits anyway for J.J. Watt. Well, Zig, that's the thing. I want to highlight the top stories in the National Football League right now and get your take. And that's obviously one. But another one is the Houston Texans. I see this morning, I don't think it's new, but on Get Up on ESPN, they were saying that the Texans have said we're not trading Deshaun. Do they have the luxury of being able to say that? Like, are they going to be able to stand firm on it? Well, you would hope so. Because at this particular point, Rod, Deshaun really has no how would you say power in terms of doing anything? What's he going to do is sit out zoom meetings. I mean, it's one of those things right now, but you know, as we saw to a different degree in the Carson Wentz situation and Philadelphia taking a $34 million cap hit by trading Wentz to Indianapolis. If there's a belief that Nick Casario who's the new GM there and the management with the Texans, if it's so beyond reproach or repair then you may not have any other alternative but to trade to sean watson but i would also think you still have time in the next coming weeks and months here with the although the draft that's been gutted because of the ridiculously bad trades bill o'brien made when he was the coach <laughs> and the gm you, you've got to you've got to convince him rod of all right we have a purpose now there's a, new, there's a new order. There's a new direction in this organization. Until they do that, I think he's going to be, Deshaun's going to be one of these guys where I'll believe it when I see it. But at this particular point, I don't see a trade. But if it does, also don't count me surprised if it is because, I, again, I think it would be a, such an untenable situation that uh, both sides would probably want to divorce from it. All right. Our Dallas Cowboys. The drama continues Ooh. every day, right? With Dak and Jarrett. Yeah. And the, yeah, right? <laughs> the position seems to be changing every day somewhat. I thought they might get another quarterback in there. What are you expecting for 2021 at the quarterback position for the Dallas Cowboys? At the least, I think he comes back on the franchise tag, which then – Rod becomes a problem because that's going to be $37.7 million. 
And we're already looking at a cap of, at the floor, $180 million. It might go up minimally. Uh, They're going to have some tough decisions that they're going to need to make. There's been speculation that uh, Jalen Smith, who's made this remarkable recovery from that uh, gruesome injury suffered in the Fiesta Bowl a few years ago when he was at Notre Dame, he may be a cap casualty. There's uh, other guys that may wind up leaving, uh, Awuzie, uh, among others, maybe Jordan Lewis. So they're going to have some uh, new players, I think, on defense. So when it's all said and done, I think he comes back on the franchise tag at the least. Again, there seems to be the issue, Rod, with uh, the length of the contract because Dak wants four because then he can obviously open up to another contract where the Cowboys want that extra year to kind of keep him under control. And the fact that there hasn't been a whole lot of dialogue between the two sides, what do they say? Silence is deafening. That appears to be the case here with Dak and the Cowboys. Do we know how his ankle is? Is he going to be ready to go? I haven't heard an update. Well, it's interesting you bring this up because apparently the uh, former Major League Baseball pitcher, remember Mike Bassick? Oh, yeah. He pitched back in the day. Yeah, so... He has a uh, talk show, I guess, down in Dallas, and there was he was circulating uh, uh, some information that maybe they're holding off on this because Dak's ankle may not be back to where it was, that there are some concerns about this. Again, I haven't verified that particular comment, although I do know a lot of people in that area, and I was told by one person that Mike's information is pretty good. So take that for what it is. Again, it's not gospel, but take it for what it is. So maybe there is something there, Rod, that uh, the you know the mainstream media and maybe the fans and that aren't aware of. Hopefully he is back because that was a pretty gruesome injury as you and I both saw that in that game against the Giants. So hopefully the young man can come back and be the effective leader that he's been with the Dallas Cowboys. But that's a valid question, and I don't think anybody has any clarity on this at this particular point. Well, hey, Ziggy, I'm not an athletic therapist, but I play one on TV. I've been doing this a long time. And (laughs) we were watching that game live, and the way he went down on his ankle, I've seen that. And just to hope that that was a six, seven-month rehab on that, I thought would be very optimistic. Right. And I don't even believe what they said. Yeah, it was vicious. It was dislocated. It was broken. It was all this. Um, So here here's the question from the viewers. A few of them. How much of a problem is there in Green Bay between the Packers and Aaron Rodgers? This from Terry Carrier. Terry, it's a valid question. Um, I think they got it. They're out of excuses now, because the one thing that we always heard was, well, Aaron Rodgers hadn't played a home NFC championship game in his entire time there. Well, the last time I checked, they were at home this past NFC championship game. And again, they came up short. And Rodgers was was okay in the game, although I still get on him for there's that one third down play, I believe it was, where if he looks to his right and if he takes off, Rod, at the least, he stopped at the one-yard line. But I think if he makes it in, that changes that that touchdown changes the game against Tampa, but he opted not to do it. So, and then obviously Tampa went on to win the game. So from that particular standpoint, 
I don't think there's any issues between Rodgers and Lafleur like there were supposedly the year before. Um, they certainly had a proficient enough offense, although this year, you know, you got to get Devontae Adams a new deal. Are you going to give Aaron Jones a new deal? Those are t- two key offensive weapons there. Um, I still think Rodgers holds a little bit of animosity for them drafting his eventual replacement, Jordan Love. Well, turn back the clock, Rod. He was drafted to be Brett Favre's ultimate replacement. So, you know, the shoe's now on the other foot. So there may be some underlying problems, but as far as on the field, you know, Green Bay, they're out of excuses now. You had your home playoff game in the cold against the team from down south, and you still couldn't beat them. So the excuse meter is done for them now. Yeah, and I was just going to say that. I would have sat Aaron Rodgers down and said, you did the exact same thing to Brett Favre. It's called the circle of life. Let's bring in Elton John. This is what the way it goes. And lastly, Ziggy, this is mine from me. How quick teams are to move on from somebody. The Rams have done it with Jared Goff. We're hearing the 49ers are down with Jimmy Garoppolo. They took them to Super Bowls, for God's sakes. But they didn't win, so it wasn't enough. It tells me that the pressure in the National Football League is ratcheted up even more, man. That window is very small, and coaching staffs and teams aren't very patient. Agreed. And in those uh, two particular scenarios... Uh, there seemed to have been a lot of conjecture that maybe Sean uh, Sean McVay uh, may have gotten the most out of Jared Goff, or if you want to listen to some of the other speculation is that maybe he doesn't think Jared Goff would be the quarterback to lead the Rams back to the Super Bowl. So now you make the trade with the Detroit Lions, who their new GM, by the way, was the Rams' former college scouting guy, and Brad Holmes, so he knows the player. And Detroit, you know, for what they did, they got a pretty good haul. Two first-round picks and another draft selection for Matthew Stafford, who, to me, Rod, is a guy that, you know, the Rams are in a build-to-win-now build mode. Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, players of this ilk, they're built to win now. And also, when they're able to get fans at SoFi Stadium, you need to have that top-drawer attraction because you've got it with your co-tenant with the Chargers there in Justin Herbert. So you need to have your own sort of top draw. And in the Garoppolo instance, here's a guy, like you said, Rod, two years ago, Super Bowl team. But he melted in the fourth quarter, hasn't been able to stay on the field. I don't think it's a knock necessarily on his talent because he's a pretty good quarterback. I mean, you look at him and he looks like central casting, for goodness sakes. But the problem is staying on the field. And what's they, what, the, what did they say? The best ability is availability. <laughs> and if it hasn't been there, the 49ers may have to move on from Jimmy G. And if they did, I wouldn't be shocked if he wound up back in New England to play for Belichick and McDaniels once again. It's one thing I would tell young players, man. When you get hurt, you are dead to the team. They'll tell you otherwise, but you are dead weight to the – do not – Get hurt. You know, I just, they, some guys don't. You can't right? make the club in the tub, Rob. Best saying, p- perhaps the best saying ever. Ziggy, 
You sound great, yes, man. Sir. You're the energizer, buddy. Love you on my Sirius XM NFL radio. Keep in touch, my friend. And by the way, Director of Scouting Craig Smith wants to know if you've been to the TikTok Cafe in New Jersey lately. Actually, that's right down the street from where I live here in Clifton. And uh, was there uh, probably for our American Thanksgiving? And they totally redid the place. It's it's a fixture, Rod, from, gosh, I think back in the 30s and 40s. It's been on uh, Guy Fieri's uh, Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives. It's like a cultural phenomenon on Route 3 here in Clifton, New Jersey. Next time I'm there, you can take me there. You gave me a great tour last time. Again, thanks, Ziggy. Stay safe, my friend. All right, Rod, anytime, my brother. The great Zig Fricasse, Sirius XM NFL Radio. When we come back, sports update, viewer takeover, and I want to tell you, folks, that the Kinsman Telemiracle 50-50 lottery is live now. Look at this total going up like crazy. And now's your chance. If you haven't bought tickets yet, everybody knows it's a Saskatchewan tradition. The Kinsman Foundation is helping people every day improve their quality of life and independence through gifts of mobility equipment and medical travel assistance. They provide miracles in people's lives, and COVID has thrown a wrench into the way they do things. So we're asking you to please help out the 45th Telemiracle by purchasing 50-50 tickets. The lottery website is live now, telemiracle5050.ca. It's one ticket for $20, five tickets for $50, 20 tickets for $100, 100 tickets for $250. You haven't spent any money for months. So why not buy a lottery ticket for 50-50 and help out the Kinsman Telemiracle Foundation? The draw will be Friday, February 26th, announced Saturday, February 27th, just prior to the Telemiracle 45 Telethon on CTV. We'll be right back. You're watching the RP Show on Game Plus TV Network, Facebook and YouTube Live, and listen live for Suds Full Service Car Wash at rodpeterson.com. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Laid back and kicking it. Let's head back to the studio. Here's Rod. Welcome back, everybody. Canada's daytime sports talk show continues. Couple of segments left. We've got 20 minutes left in the hour. We're going to get into a viewer takeover in a bit. There's a ton going on with the National Hockey League. People want to talk about who's the first coach going to get fired. A recap of the Lake Tahoe games. But we try every day to do a CFL report. It's our way of supporting the CFL in these troubled times. So here's today's. The Saskatchewan Rough Riders signed Friday. American quarterback Luke Falk. The six-foot-four, 215-pound Falk spent two seasons in the National Football League, appearing in three games for the New York Jets, two as a starter. He was selected in the sixth round of the 18 NFL draft by the Tennessee Titans, also spent time with the Miami Dolphins. To make room for Luke Falk, the Riders have released American quarterback Justice Hansen, who unfortunately released without even dressing up in a game. And the Winnipeg Blue Bombers signing defensive tackle Ricky Walker and defensive back Christian Angelo. Both are Americans. The six foot two, 295-pound walker attended NFL training camps with Dallas and Cleveland. Also spent time in the XFL with Tampa. And Angulo is a 6'2", 190-pound defensive back who spent time with the New York football giants, 49ers and Colts. There's your daily CFL talk. Well, we do like to help out teams in the position 
that the Regina under-13 Rebels are. Their head coach is Nathan Struby, And whether it be uh, the craft promotion, the Chevy Good Deeds Cup, which is where we are today and what we're talking about, we want to help out these teams as much as we can. Coach Struby joins us today. How you doing, Nathan? Good. How are you guys doing? Good. It's good to talk to you, sir. Congratulations on what the Rebels are doing with all their good deeds as it is. But can you speak a little bit about the movement here to uh, – garner votes and win this Chevy Good Deeds Cup. What, what are we talking about here today? Yeah, thanks for that. Um, you know what? We're talking about getting to the top three. <laughs> we were here last year and uh, fell a little short to a team out east. Um, but um, in order, we're top 11 right now. The girls did a good job in getting their pitch idea in there, and they liked it, so they picked us to represent Saskatchewan. Um, but now we need to get to the top three, and this, uh, in order to do that, we need uh, votes from everyone. So it's, uh, that's what that's how to get to the top three from all these teams. They're all hopefully, well, hopefully not doing as much as we are, but they're all doing the same sort of thing and getting the word out for their hockey teams to uh, get those votes for each uh, organization. Yeah, this is a female hockey team under 13, I guess they would have been called what? Peewee? I still haven't quite figured out the U thing, yeah, Nathan. I know, man. I'm same here. But they would be the Peewee team. It would have been the Peewees. Okay. But what I've seen from people, they're saying, congrats to the Rebels for the good deeds they're already doing. You've got your girls doing community things as it is, regardless of the vote. And we're going to talk about that in a second. But can you speak about the community involvement of your players? Yeah, that's uh, like, I even people have said that before. He's like, man, you've done, you've done an amazing job with the girls, your girls, this, that. But you know what? I haven't done anything. Those, <laughs> the girls, last year's team were started this year. They're going, they want to do this kind of stuff. And they are, they're great kids. And uh, so their community involvement, of course, this year is a little different with a bunch of rules here that uh, COVID's thrown at us. But um, it was picked up right where it was left off last year. And uh, it was good last year. Like people like yourself helped us out, get the word out last year. And uh, so the, few new girls on the team this year were gung-ho ready to go and do her and we kind of had a plan to implement the new uh new teammates from the rebels to go and help out with the superheroes unfortunately we weren't able to do that uh, every weekend because of these rules but we have been in touch with the superheroes and we actually just uh last week went for a skate with them out at uh, iceville so it's it's been good the girls have been awesome so for our viewers that are watching on Facebook and YouTube, they've got the link to vote. For those that aren't watching digitally, cool. they're watching on television. Here's write this down. Gooddeedscup.chevrolet.ca slash Regina Rebels. I know that sounds like a lot. It's actually not. Gooddeedscup.chevrolet.ca slash Regina Rebels. You can vote there. And can I just ask you a hockey question, Nathan? Um, with the 100%. COVID, yeah, with the COVID restrictions, how have you been able to practice with your girls, and how are you keeping them active and engaged? Yeah, you know what, it is tricky, I would say, but um, everyone's in the same boat. Um, the drills are a little different. Um, I I like the U13 age, the Pee Wee age. I like coaching them because they're getting to a point where I uh, totally believe like they're capable and willing and more than able to actually learn the game of hockey. So. We haven't been able to do much of that just because the stipulations of only eight skaters on the ice with two coaches at a time. So we haven't been able to get into some team systems, but with uh, skills development, things like that, that's basically what our practices are. And um, it's, it is what it is. Everyone's in the same boat. So we're taking in a skate at a time. We're not doing going too crazy. We're not going five times a week or anything like that, whatever. but we're going about once a week. And to be honest with you, a lot of it too is the, you know, girls that age, go and see their buddies and hang out for an hour or two. So that's basically um, how our practices have been going. But the commitment for the girls, the parents, and everyone is still there 100%. So it's good to see we have everyone coming, which is great. 
Good for you. Well, the uh, from viewer Greg Clevgard, great job, Nathan. You're molding the girls for life's challenges on and off the ice. So cool. thanks for all you do, sir. Any, nice yeah, anything uh, that we can do for minor hockey, we're in. Good luck with the Chevy uh, Good Deeds yeah. Cup. You know what? Thanks very much. Um, you guys are exactly right. You guys have helped us out in the past, and it's not just this uh, superheroes and the rebels. We see you doing uh, lots of stuff with everyone, Rod. So thank you very much for uh, getting us on today, and let's have everyone go out there and vote for us. Good luck, Nathan. Thank you, sir. Coach Nathan Struby from the U13 Regina Rebels hockey team. Okay, we're going to go to break early. That'll give us more time when we come back for viewer takeover and the face-off. And I got an idea what we want to face off on, but maybe you'd like to see what DuPont and I are going to debate when we come back. Let us know in the comment wall. We'll be right back. You're watching the RP Show on Game Plus TV Network, YouTube and Facebook Live, and listen live for Suds Full Service Car Wash at rodpeterson.com. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Got something to say? You want to add to the show? What are you waiting for? Don't just sit there. Say something. Now, back to the studio with Rod. Uh, and dupes as well. Thank you, thank you. Well, you know, we had a guy on Twitter. He goes by Jets Rider Fan, and he told us like a year or so ago, he's like, you guys don't talk enough Jets. Well, I think we've remedied that. Oh, yeah. James in Morden, Manitoba is watching. He says, Pierre Luke looked great on the top line, but I can't wait till he runs his own line with Ehlers and Connor. I think Paul Maurice knows what he's doing. So as we said way off at the start of the show, the Jets have won this trade by addition, by subtraction, with line A on its own, just getting rid of him. Sorry to say for the Line A fans, but this was working out fine with him gone. You throw in PLD, and it's, uh, it's a win. I think we're declaring it over. The Jets have won this trade. Anyways, it is the viewer takeover segment. You can write us on the Prairie Mobile text line, 306-840-8777. Prairie Mobile is your authorized SAS Tom Mobility dealer. We've done the CFL report. We've done the curling report for Verge Agriculture. We've talked about the Telemiracle 50-50. What we haven't done is faced off. And I'm going to say right now, with the face-off, with the face-off, I don't think the NHL should even try to go to any lakeside venues ever again. I don't mind playing in football stadiums. I don't mind playing in baseball stadiums. I don't mind you throwing up boards and glass in a field. But for whatever reason, with the reflection of the sun off the water and the temperatures that clearly weren't conducive for playing hockey, outdoor hockey, I don't think the NHL should ever try anything like Lake Tahoe, uh, again. Lake Tahoe again, whether it be the Rocky Mountains or the Appalachian Mountains or any other kind of mountains. They tried the Lake Tahoe thing, and I give them credit for it, but it didn't work. It was a fail. The only positive that I've seen out of this are for the Bruins and the Avalanche, they won, and some nice photos that in 10 years people will look back and go, that was cool that the Bruins all wore sun ice gear for a day, and that was cool that there was fir trees in the background of mountains, but they won't remember the games. The games weren't good, and is that not what we're doing here? It's all about hockey still, is it not, at the end of the day? No. I disagree. I don't think it is. I think it's about the show. I mean, there are enough hockey games throughout the year. Now, this year's a little different. Obviously, there's not as many, but we don't remember hockey games. We don't remember 82 hockey games every year. We remember one, two, Maybe five, you don't. ten, you know, 
I mean, when you call a game, sure, I know your memory is a little different than everybody. You can remember <laughs> every play from every game yes. for sure. Doesn't everybody? But we don't remember the games. We're not talking about the Leafs game, you know, 17 Tuesdays ago against so-and-so, right? Like, we don't. So if you can find a way to make this work, I say keep trying to make it work. I mean, you can't have the ice like that. That's not good. But if we quit every time something failed and stopped trying to make it work, we wouldn't get anywhere as a society. So I think everybody loved the idea. I think leading up to it, everybody was thinking, this is going to be the greatest spectacle ever. And then the ice was so bad, it was a massive flop. Well, if you can get the ice good then it will be the greatest show that's ever been put on ice. So okay. work to get the ice good before you do it again. <laughs> I'm not entirely disagreeing with you. You may have moved me a little. That's good. Move the needle. The face-off is brought to you by the Ultimate Fan Zone. It's your one-stop shop for the sports fans on your list. I got this bunny hug there. Visit the Man Cave, downtown Moose Jaw, or on Facebook. They've got gear from every NHL team. And for the Mad Greek and Moose Jaw, available for licensed dining, takeout, or delivery, head to themadgreekeatery.com for more information. By the way, I had friends that went to the Mad Greek Saturday. Josh Elder, you would remember him. Yeah. Former Regina Pat. And I can't remember who else he played for. There was at least one other WHL team. He had his wife down to Moose Jaw for a getaway, and they went to the Mad Greek because they watched this show, and he sent me a photo with a Greek platter. It's amazing. Moussaka, Spanakopita. Uh, shish kebab, you name it. It was unbelievable. Send me a photo of it. So thanks for going and supporting our sponsors. We really appreciate it. But back to this for a second. What if somebody got hurt? Would you be so cavalier if somebody had torn an ACL and one of those cracks on the ice at the blue line? I don't think you would have been. Well, it's all in the price to pay for evolution. Price right? of admission. <laughs> price of admission, right? The first airplane pummeled into the ground, and we probably killed a few people along the way trying to do that. Now, I'm not saying, you, you know, People should get hurt and things like that. They have to find a way to get the ice um, where it needs to be. Maybe you do it in the American League first and try and iron it out. People are a little punchy today. I like it. Not in a bad way. All in a good way. That Glenn Elm guy in Florida says, state fair hockey. <laughs> That's not real hockey. He's with me. Right? He gets it. Yeah. People are calling the fan-controlled football league County fair football. It's not even. Did you see that? It's not, not even state not fair even football. State fair. It's county fair football. That's what it is. Robin and Prince Albert says, I think Elder played for the Raiders as well. That's what it is. My, my mind's getting fu fuzzy, okay? I knew we either got him from PA or sent him to PA. Came in a deal with Scott Doucette. Um, Alan Hordell says, you look fantastic in the pads, Roddy. He was jealous. Go Babs. Great for the U of S. Yeah, I put on the gear, the tools of the trade the other night, tools of ignorance for our outdoor game the other day. But you were trying to get serious. Somebody asked me today how, how good of a hockey player you were. I said, he takes it too serious, this guy. <laughs> you guys are trying to pass around me and Deacon do two-on-ones. I'm like, I'm not moving. Shoot, and I'll try and stop it. <laughs> you, still, you try and get me moving? No. You still stopped it. Yeah, well, how about that one save? I know. Behind, <laughs> oh, my gosh. That was an old trick. He thought he had me down and out, and I reached back with his stick. Boop, boop. You were amazed. I was amazed. Yeah, it was great. Tricks of the trade. It was good. Coming up tomorrow on the program, former Blue Jays first base coach Tim Leeper on spring training. Good one, Clark. People want to talk Blue Jays. I can feel it. Winnipeg broadcaster Brian Munns going to talk some Jets with us. Biggie Munns. And he's also the, the uh, co-producer of the Humboldt Broncos Charity Golf Classic. 
What are we doing for time here? And we'll be talking Telemiracle 50-50 with their people. We'll see you tomorrow. Thanks to a big crew today. We'll see you tomorrow at 11 a.m. Central. We don't know what we're doing. For more Rod Peterson On Demand, visit rodpeterson.com.